Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers. Today, joined by Taylor Story. Taylor, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling great. How are we doing, everybody? Doing well. Doing well. Excited. We get to talk some best ball. You guys know I've been itching to do this, break out some rankings, talk about the 50-plus drafts I have done already as of getting close to the end of July. Still plenty of time to go. But uh, first, let's uh, dive into some NFL news. Taylor, up first on the docket, the breaking news, the news of the week, Julio Jones to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also joined earlier in the week by Kyle Rudolph. Uh, talk to me about what you see for Julio, how this affects some of the other pieces in the offense, uh, including Brady, and then the Kyle Rudolph signing, because I think some of us had a feeling they weren't going to rely on Cameron Brate and Cade Otten at the uh, tight end position this year. I don't think it affects Julio Jones's outlook as much as I feel like it makes Tom Brady a much safer play for both of the guys. I'd say Kyle Rudolph is going to have some competition, so I don't, and he doesn't get a huge bump. Maybe you look to draft him in the back of your mind now, um, but it's not like I'm going out and trying to acquire Kyle Rudolph. Julio Jones, I think still carries the same injury concerns that he has for the past two years, right? just constantly coming off the field, constantly missing games. When he's in, what can he do? But that's when. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it just makes Brady a lot more safer play for uh, best ball like we're talking today and, and redraft for sure. I, I don't think it, it – it doesn't move Brady dynasty for me, obviously. Maybe if you're win really win now, it, it moves up a little bit. But um, that that's it, really. Just Just – Say for Brady. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, as far as the best ball stuff goes, like I'm, I'm not overly interested in Kyle Rudolph. Um, you know, Brady is is pretty highly drafted. I mean, going off at pick 85, and we're talking about single QB there. Um, so a little rich for my blood when I could wait for other guys later that either have rushing ability or have close to a similar high end as as Brady does, um, and then. With Julio, he's a guy that I've, uh, you know, I was texting with you and Chris and taking him at the very end, the last round of best ball drafts. Same thing with Will Fuller, just on the off chance they go somewhere. I'm probably not going to draft any more Julio Jones because he's most likely going to shoot up boards, and I, I don't think it makes sense. So at, at the same time, it, it is interesting to see or will be interesting to see how this affects maybe like Mike Evans or we know Russell Gage has been going up draft boards higher and higher to see what their ADP starts to look like after this news. Yeah, as far as the team makeup, I think Mike Evans is safe. I mean, he's pretty solidified. As he's going to do what Mike Evans does. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Julio's going to put up 100 yards a game again, take away from Mike Evans. No, Mike Evans is the one there for sure. Um, it definitely hurts guys like Russell Gage more. Um, this supposed breakout uh, to wide receiver two range that some people are thinking is going to be halted. Um, maybe now's the time to buy Russell Gage, though, because um, then you still have to deal with Chris Godwin coming back, uh, who also avoided the pup uh, for camp, which is good. So maybe we see him sooner than we thought. I think we were kind of hearing like week eight-ish for Chris Godwin, so maybe he's a little bit sooner, which is nice to hear. But, yeah, I, I think it affects Russell Gage quite a bit. Uh, it even affects the tight end targets. So it's probably 10, 15, something like that, less 
targets to the tight end, just adding another good player to the offense. So even less targets for an already uh, less than stellar tight end room. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much just staying away from the tight ends. Um, probably staying away from Julio and Russell Gage now. Uh, it's nice for my Julio Jones shares. I can finally unload him for those third round picks I've been offering all off season, and now they wish they'll take him because I'll probably try and get a second pick. Yeah, yeah. So Brady Evans safe, and then see see who drops. Does does Gage right. drop enough for him to be appealing at at ADP? Um, yep. So next bit of news, not quite as upbeat there, but John Mechie uh, diagnosed with leukemia, most likely out for the year. Are are all reports as far as going through treatment? You know, obviously wish the best for him had you know the knee injury at alabama so not sure where he was going to be in terms of his return and how effective he would be on the field i think you know the three of us we're okay with davis mills as far as being a a piece you can have in dynasty or redraft even best ball a little bit depending on what your roster construction is Mm -hmm. so anything here that is interesting to you as far as maybe brandon cooks or some of the other pieces on that offense in houston think it moves anybody really uh brandon cooks definitely would have been the dominant guy there regardless of mechie playing or coming back late in the season or maybe not even coming back at all so um really this just confirms mechie's out um you might i would try and trade for him if you can to be honest he seems pretty good spirits about this i know he kind of said a good message and and said he was ahead of schedule with uh with getting this diagnosis which is always good it wasn't something that was caught late which is kind of when you see things go south sadly but um on, as far as football standpoint um if everything goes well illness wise this is i, I honestly i'm going to hold my shares just because he'll be i mean he's not going to try and play this year right so he's just going to be that much more healed with his actual you know, knee injury or, and, and anything else he might have had. So just because of how high spirits he was, I, I, I'm going to hold my shares personally. I don't, I'm not going to trade them away. I'm not going to look to trade them. Uh, so just in a kind of a dynasty aspect, look at it really. Yeah. And I think Nico Collins has been the name that's been echoed a little bit since this news, which is, which is fine. Right. Um, I have him in some dynasty. I haven't really drafted him much in best ball. And I do think part of that was Mechie being there and not thinking this is going to be a great offense. So can they support three wide receivers? Probably not. Yeah. I would I think with maybe some of the Tampa Bay news, I'm going to pair this with that with, Kyle Rudolph or Cameron Brake being pushed up, it's been easier, honestly, to get Brevin Jordan. Um, so they let go of Jordan Akins. He's kind of going to be the tight end there. So if you want just a really late tight end, especially in some of this best ball stuff, now with the Mechie news that he's not going to be there at all, uh, I've, I've drafted a little bit of him just and, and might be getting more after this news and not pulling the trigger on Nico Collins, whose ADP is mm-hmm. just going to rise. So yeah. uh, another guy, not just out for this year, Taylor, but uh, retiring Chris Carson in Seattle. I think most people, you know, were confident that he wasn't going to play this year. This was going to be Penny and yeah. Kenneth Walker. At, but this takes it a step further, especially with the dynasty look that you're a little bit more into. So uh, talk to me about this and what your th- thoughts are around the retirement. Yeah, the retirement surprises me, but it doesn't necessarily move the value of the other guys. It was almost like we were saying Chris Carson wasn't there at all, right? Um, I guess the only good thing to come of this is Seattle is uh, releasing him with a failed physical designation, which means he can collect several million dollars from the NFL. Um, I forget exactly how it works, but so good for Seattle for doing that. Uh, kind of looking out for a guy that's been there for a while and and I mean 
they've ran into the ground a little bit, right? So it's good that they're doing that. He can kind of collect and and retire on a on a good note after a, a pretty pretty good career. You know, he's a good player for sure. Yeah, I love to see the uh, billionaires take care of the millionaires here. It's yeah, nice, exactly. of, nice of them every, to throw a bone every, every once in a while, right? Yep, every now and again. Um, and you so know, bad just, for them. Yeah, just kind of confirms the you know Penny Kenneth Walker backfield maybe for a couple of years here, depending on what happens with Penny's rookie contract. Yeah. And then obviously Kenneth Walker being there for a couple of years. It's going to be interesting to see how those splits play out as we move forward. And then, of course, what happens at quarterback either later this year or in the draft next year will be interesting to watch. Yep. Uh, and then other bit of news. So Joe Burrow uh, and his appendix surgery. So th- this one I think is a little bit more interesting to me than maybe some of the other news. Um, you know, I think, Burrow has been pushed up boards pretty high based on, you know, the playoff performance, what we saw into the year last year. Uh, any concern here with Burrow and this surgery? Uh, I mean, it's always weird when you hear appendix surgery and especially with a star player. It's just it's just weird. But the typical timetable for recovery back to normal activities, uh, two to four weeks, probably somewhere in the middle of that for an NFL player with all the treatment they can get. So. I'm sure he'll be all right in the long run. It's it's something that usually doesn't linger unless the surgery itself goes bad, which is also rare. Um, guy leaves a hospital a day or two after surgery typically. So it's just, I, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not going to move him at all. Um, it's just one of those things you're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to kind of keep an eye on it, but not not really. I'm not too worried about it in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this changes Joe Burrow being like, you know, a core QB1 to a QB2 no. or anything like that. But yeah, it, I mean, this stuff happens all the time. The normal, yeah. regular, non-athletic it, people, and they're fine in two weeks. So <laughs> It does intrigue me just with anything with the core with some of these players and stability or obviously yeah. the twisting and turning that quarterbacks do sometimes. Yep. So it will be interesting just to hear how recovery goes more importantly than the actual surgery right. itself afterwards. Yep. So, well... That's it for the news. Taylor, let's uh, go ahead and dive into some best ball rankings here. Do it. All right. So these are my rankings, best ball. This is kind of the way that I have been picturing things, drafting things for the last, I guess, about four months now. It's been, it's been about March, uh, gotten through about 50 drafts, uh, actually maybe 60, including DraftKings, most of it happening on Underdog, uh, hmm. going through all the tournaments that underdog has rolled out the majority of yeah yeah as if they don't have enough sponsors out there sponsorships but um you know looking at most of these leagues being single quarterback there were a couple that were super flex rolled out uh best ball mania three right now 10 million dollar prize two million to first place uh and so i'm uh very heavily involved there 25 dollar buy-in some of their turn smaller tournaments are five dollars but i think most people are more well acquainted with the dynasty and the redraft stuff. So I'm just going to talk through real quick, kind of my best ball strategy. Obviously I'll kind of let you, I'll let you throw in your input and then we'll dive into these quarterbacks. I just want to kind of set the stage for how I look at things as we go through these next four or five shows. So 
you know, a lot of what I'm looking at is going to be upside. So in best ball, you don't have to set your lineup. Your top players at each position that score the most points are automatically going to be inserted into your lineup. So I am perfectly fine taking a swing on somebody that is going to be very up and down throughout the season. I think the prototypical ones we can think of that we've kind of joked about throughout the offseason, and I'm going wide receiver here, but like a, a Sammy Watkins, right? Huge week one and then gives you very little every now and then uh, oh, for the yeah. rest of the year. Uh, MVS, right, is another guy who can have big games, but other times may give you literal zeros on the scoreboard. And in best ball, I'm more okay with that than I would be in Dynasty or Redraft, where I actually have to pick the weeks I'm putting those guys in my lineup. So that will kind of be shaped in this as well and these rankings both at quarterback and running back. And these are based off of single quarterback and all the drafts I've been doing, at least on underdog, are half PPR. So another thing to take into account that maybe guys like Naheem Hines or J.D. McKissick, some of these more satellite pass-catching backs, aren't going to get pushed up quite as high as maybe they would in full PPR. So, uh, Taylor, jump in. Give me your thoughts on kind of your best ball strategy, what you do and don't like about best ball, and then we can dive into these quarterback rankings for the show. Yeah, uh, I've played couple best balls the last two years two years ago is kind of when i started and i got a pretty good track record but usually what i feel like i try and do is is kind of hammer i like to get at least one good quarterback that i know can can put up huge games you know if i get a guy like murray josh allen lamar herbert mahomes like any of those really top tier guys that can just absolutely explode a given week i i like that um, and then I'll I'll get one relatively soon after that. Maybe maybe a little different. I've played in a couple super flex best balls, so maybe a little different for single QB. But um, and then I also like to kind of hit the running back spot just because those are a little more scarce. Uh, I know tight end is is as well, but as far as wide receiver and tight ends go, I, I like to just spam a whole bunch of wide receivers and tight ends definitely later in the draft, um, just because it it you'll you'll have tight ends that get random random 10 point weeks and i'm not really looking for a tight end to win me a week in best ball as i as i would be in really redraft or even dynasty you could say year in year out but there's more wide receivers and even random tight end weeks that are going to be easier to draft than there are going to be more you know predictable running back or quarterback weeks um so i I like to draft a lot of wide receivers at the end especially if there's maybe a couple flex spots in your league i I just grab tight end wide receivers like it's nothing because any given week one random wide receiver can catch one pass for 70 yards and a touchdown and there you go there's there's your probably your wide receiver two for that week and he's probably going to win you a week so for me it's all about knowing what the past has has done and kind of trying to predict the future obviously and identifying those guys that can win you weeks and can you get them at a value. Uh, it's all about guys who can just explode or big play players. I, I feel like that's what will ultimately win you best ball leagues. Drafting safe players who are going to you know, average 11 points a game and never score over 16 are, are really not going to win you best ball leagues unless you somehow get a full team of them. But everybody knows that doesn't happen. So like like you said, shoot for the upside, identify the upside, uh, identify the value in drafts you can get them, and that's probably going to be your best bet to to win your best ball leagues. 
Yeah, and that's the that's the fun part of doing you know fifty drafts, sixty drafts over the last couple of months leading into the season is you can experiment with all these different builds of you know do I kick quarterback down the road and take a couple guys that are in you know the group in the QB two range right and just rely on those guys spike weeks yeah. alternating um, or do you like you said get a stud and then you can kick quarterback down the road and all you hope for is to rely on you know by week fill in or if there's an injury it's short term and you just fill somebody else in um Mm -hmm. and then i actually i will go kind of wide receiver I think my favorite build has been wide receiver early and also in the middle rounds kind of splitting up quarterbacks and running back around it and then i actually hammer running back late and i think like you said, kind of looking at the past and then predicting the future with it is, I mean, look at Rashad Penny last year, last three or so weeks of the season. You look at Rex Burkhead, you look at some of these guys that are filling in because of injuries or teams being completely out of the playoffs and just letting other guys get run. So it's it's really interesting to kind of watch other teams build. And then, of course, when you do 50 or 60, you've got all these different approaches and builds that you've tried out. But you've got to do stuff differently, especially in some of these big tournaments, because everybody is doing a lot of these drafts for the most part and so you you got to get different uh if you're going to find find that competitive advantage and that's the fun part of kind of the game theory in it but enough about theory enough about you know hypotheticals let's uh let's dive into the rankings here so i'll run through i'll run through the top 12 here we'll go qb ones and i'll throw it over to you let you let you give your takes what i got right what i got wrong so Kicking it off, hot take from the jump. Uh, I'm going Kyler Murray, QB1. Yeah, I know there's yeah. all the news about the contract, about homework. I don't care. Bedtime. Uh, 8 p.m. Dude sharp. Is, dude is talented. And again, statistically speaking, Josh Allen being QB1 for three years in a row hasn't happened since, what, what do we say, Steve Young, right? Something yeah, like that. We've hammered that. It's just, yes. there's no way. Yeah, and so I've got the guys with the rushing ability that can throw for 4,000 yards, rush for 1,000 yards as my top three. Okay, so it's Kyler Murray, it's Josh Allen, it's Lamar Jackson. I think that's what puts these these guys as far as swinging for the top. If these guys have the best year of their career, which I'm hoping for in best ball versus some of these other guys below, these guys just have a higher ceiling than the guys I'm going to name really for the next two mostly that are kind of the top tier, right? So following Kyler, Josh Allen, and Lamar, at four, I've got Justin Herbert. At five, I've got Patrick Mahomes. The split there, I think, is just talent at wide receiver. I don't think there's really anything else to it. Is If Tyreek Hill was still there, Patrick Mahomes is probably up higher, but I like Justin Herbert's uh, receiving core. He's got Austin Eckler in the backfield who can catch passes as well, so that's my split. Jalen Hurts comes in uh, QB6. We'll go Russell Wilson, QB7. Joe Burrow, QB8, who we talked about in the news there. Uh, QB9, I know hot take here, but Trey Lance up at QB9, ahead of guys like Dak Prescott at 10, Tom Brady 11, and Derek Carr at 12. So that's that's my rundown. Again, I kind of gave some notes on the first five. Let me jump back. I think Jalen Hurts versus Russell Wilson. You know, I think again that rushing ability, not ability, but the tendency to actually take off and run. Russell Wilson, we know, has the legs, but I think in his career he's used it more to extend plays than to make plays rushing the ball. Uh, I think he's capable, but doesn't. So that's why I have Hurts a little higher. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, with the way he ended the year, just 
hot out the gate. Some of this is, for me, again, a little game theory for this spot where I think people are pushing Burrow up the board pretty high, and I'm going to be a little bit lower on him than consensus unless I'm taking, you know, Jamar Chase in round one um, and then maybe wanting to stack Burrow with him. But I don't have a lot of that. Trey Lance, again, the rushing ability. This is a guy that I look at as arbitrage Jalen Hurts here. I don't want to pay up for Jalen Hurts, but I still want a quarterback that has the rushing ability who we think is going to be in a good offense with weapons like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Um, I'm going to bank on that. I mean, even Jimmy G has looked pretty good, statistically speaking, in that offense, and I think Trey Lance is a different talent. Prescott Brady, you could probably flip a coin there uh, between those two. I do like Dak a little bit better, um, banking on some regression for Tom Brady. I know everybody says that. I don't think he's fallen off a cliff, but regressing from just an unbelievable year last year. And then Derek Carr, I think there are a few guys right behind him, uh, Taylor, that you'll see on the list that, again, could flip-flop into this spot. But adding Devontae Adams, you know, I think is just going to take this offense to a whole different level. Waller's going to be back and healthy. He's getting close to needing a contract extension. He's going to want to prove something. And then you've got reliable, you know, Hunter Renfro there for third downs, red zone, all that good stuff. So enough on my takes. Taylor, what you got on those top 12? Yeah, I think it's pretty solid overall. Um, Rushing definitely helps with the quarterback's a little bit more so uh, value-wise where you might draft them and redraft and uh, best ball as opposed to dynasty, which we just got done talking about. I I, I love the top two. Um, Kyler Murray can easily finish his QB one, especially with all the weapons he's got. Um, Hopefully he keeps rushing the ball. Josh Allen's obviously going to be up there. I think the only glaring thing I'd see is I would, I would still personally swap Herbert and Lamar Jackson just because I mean, I, Herbert, I feel like can just go off, like absolutely go off five touchdowns a game, 450 yards. And, and that would that would blow a Lamar Jackson. You know, maybe he rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown. I still think that that would blow it out of the water because he could easily have an insane rushing game and throw the ball for like 140 yards and no touchdowns. So the fact that Herbert, I think Herbert's ability to go off passing is a little bit more for me than than Lamar Jackson's ability to go off with rushing. I don't think he quite gets there with Josh Allen's combined ability and Kyler Murray's combined ability. So I, I wouldn't have, although I have Herbert one in Dynasty, I wouldn't probably have him one um, this year over those guys uh, if we're looking at just one year. Um, as far as the rest of the list goes, I like it. Mahomes, a little further down for me too. So I agree with that. Hertz, I know you touched on Hertz versus Wilson. Uh, we have seen Wilson just run less. Like you said, it's been more to stay in the pocket or stay behind the line of scrimmage. And it was a very noticeable um, fantasy decline along with it. So will he get back to more running? Uh, I mean, he's getting older, so probably not. Um, You could debate putting Joe Burrow ahead of Russell Wilson just because, again, that ability to explode through the air and maybe even Joe Burrow runs it a little bit more just because he's younger and probably is going to have to. Um, so those, those three of Hertz, Wilson Burrows, another spot where I could see people really mixing it up. Um, as far as the rest of the list goes, I do like Trey Lance's ability. I, I, th- I think he probably finishes as a, as a one. Um, maybe I drop him down a few spots behind like Dak Prescott and that's probably it. 
Um, other than that, I think he's at least 10 to 12 for sure. I mean, if he starts every single game, which they just announced that he, he is, uh, hopefully he stays healthy, all that, blah, blah, blah. He, I think he easily can finish in the top top 10 to 12, just like his rushing again, like we said. Tom Brady's got all those weapons. I think he's pretty safe to finish as a QB1. And then Derek Carr is almost like the wild card. Um, same thing, all those weapons. Um, he is a he's a good quarterback. I mean, when you say Derek Carr's name, it's you don't think you don't really go to like, oh, he's a good quarterback, like right away. Like you've really got to think about it to be like, oh, you know what? He he actually is pretty good, but but he is good. Don't get it wrong. Um, Matt Stafford had an unbelievable year. That might be a guy that I people could swap with Derek Carr um, that you didn't mention in the top twelve, but. With the weapons of Adams and Waller, Renfro, even Josh Jacobs taking the pressure off out of the backfield, he's he's probably primed for probably the best year of his career. I mean, he's certainly going he's going to air it out. Like he's going to air it out. Uh, he talked about the other day about how it seems like the Raiders have a chip on their shoulder again, and that's Raiders football. So you know he's going to do everything he can to score points and and win games for that team. So. It's it is probably a safe bet. Derek Carr's got one of the better chances out of those, you know, call it eight to sixteen range, like that really middle mush of quarterbacks between one and two to finish as a quarterback one. So I, I like Derek Carr being in that top twelve as well. So I, I think it's I think the top twelve itself is really solid. I probably wouldn't swap anybody again. Like I said, maybe Stafford. Um, but again, how is he going to repeat last year? It's tough. We mentioned it with Josh Allen. It's going to be hard to repeat. Uh, it always is for any position, any player. It's hard to repeat. So uh, I like the top 12. I don't think I'd take anybody out really personally out of that top 12. Maybe swap one or two guys a spot or two. That's it. So I like yeah. it. Good. Well, and then I'll touch on Carr before getting into the guys right behind him. So, you know, the other thing that I think pushes Carr up here, as opposed to a couple of the guys I'm about to name, is, man, I've got six guaranteed games against yeah, uh, it's Justin just, Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, oh, and Russell Wilson. Points. Like you've, you've got six games that Derek Carr is going to have to score points for the Raiders to have a chance. Right. And so when I look at that and I'm looking at, man, that could be like a 38 to 40 game against any of those teams six times a year um so and and that and i'll just compare it to the guys right after him so at 13 i've got matthew stafford 14 i've got kirk cousins and 15 aaron Rodgers. so you know those four all lumped together but you look at stafford and six of his games you know two are against seattle uh two are going to be against san francisco who again i love trey lance but how explosive is that offense going to be with a guy that we're not sure is just an elite, you know, passer of the ball, right? We know he can run. We know he can make plays, but what's that offense going to look like? And then Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think if you wanted to just wait and not pay up, honestly, both of those guys are going after Stafford and Carr. So if you feel a little bit better about Rodgers or Cousins, you know, back-to-back MVP, I think Minnesota is also going to be greatly improved this year on offense. They're going to open things up a little bit with the new coaching staff. So I am looking forward to that. Those are my next three on the board followed. I know we talked pre-show about this one. So Justin Fields at QB 16 uh, followed really closely by his draft mates, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, right behind him. I do have fields there as much as I 
don't think he's the best quarterback there. I think Lawrence is. Um, and I know Lawrence can run the ball. I think Justin Fields is just going to have to make plays this year. Justin Fields is not going to get benched. He's not going to have this in and out of games with Andy Dalton this year. This is going to be Fields' prove it or lose it year, honestly, with a new coaching staff. They didn't put much around him, and he's going to have to make plays, and I think a lot of that is going to have to be with his legs. Um, So again, I'm going to assume everybody here is staying healthy for the whole year, which obviously won't happen, but if he can avoid injury, I think that rushing ability, all all else equal with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, puts him a little bit higher. Um, Trevor Lawrence, we've got to see better than last year, given everything that happened in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. Uh, I like the talent they brought in, you know, a lot of wide receivers, a lot of weapons. He's got Travis Etienne back healthy this year, so I believe in him. Zach Wilson, again, another young guy with arm talent that they are putting wide receivers, running backs, everybody around for him to be successful. And another guy I'm okay taking a shot on. Behind Zach Wilson, I've got uh, Tua Tungavailoa. I've got Matt Ryan at QB 20, Jameis Winston at 21, Baker Mayfield with the move to Carolina, jumping up into the top 24 at 22, Ryan Tannehill at 23, and then Jared Goff at 24. I think probably those last five I just named off, maybe even six with Tua, Ryan, Jameis, Baker, Tannehill, Goff, you could probably flip a coin, Um, and I'm not going to argue too hard one way or the other. I think to his weapons are better. Uh, I think Matt Ryan just is going to be on a better offense. And it's a guy that I think we don't give a fair shake with what he had last year as far as weapons once Ridley went down. I know Pitts was a freak, but he was a rookie. And then you're talking about Russell Gage, who is maybe the two in Tampa Bay, maybe the three when Godwin comes back, maybe he's the fourth option. So it's not like Ryan had a lot to work with there. And he's going to a place where I think Naheem Hines is going to be a good dump off uh, running back for him. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to carry the bulk of that offense. I think Michael Pittman is a better wide receiver than anybody Russell Wilson's been throwing. I mean, uh, sorry, Matt Ryan's been throwing to lately outside of Kyle Pitts, like at the wide receiver position. Um And then Jameis, as much as he can go off, and I don't mind people taking that risk, and I've done it myself, um, I'm I'm just... It's really uncomfortable for me to make that pick unless I've got one of those solid guys in Kyler, Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Jackson. Uh, Tannehill, rushing offense. A.J. Brown moved. I'm just not a huge fan of that offense as a whole. And then Jared Goff, as much as I believe in the Lions, think they're going to be much improved. Um, I just don't. Those are young weapons there that I just don't see them putting it all together right now to be an explosive offense. So, Taylor, a lot of talking there for me to justify differences between players that you could flip a coin over. Uh, Give me your thoughts on this second 12 of quarterbacks. Yeah, so I think my biggest flip a coin tier is uh, scoot back up a little bit to Brady at QB 11 and then down to Rodgers at QB 15. So Brady, Carr, Stafford, Cousins, and Rodgers, I feel like, are all in the same tier um, as far as draft value-wise. Really, you could probably put them in any order, um, and nobody's going to really say anything. It, you could put Carr at 15 and Rodgers at 11, and no one's going to go, oh, hold on a minute. You know, it's it's one because it's Rodgers. And then you can even say the same thing for Carr. Like, can he actually get it done? So people are all over the place on those guys. So the uh, it's just good that they're all top 15. Like those guys are, those are top 15 guys locked in 100%, however you want to order them. Um, 
once we get after that is really like you said we had a pretty good conversation beforehand justin fields for me at 16 i mean i'd I'd drop him all the way down below i mean maybe even matt ryan and put put fields at like 20 and and really for me it's just i i need to see the bears do it if they really turn around that quick i mean they've just been historically bad at the quarterback position. I don't think a quarterback's thrown for over 30 touchdown passes in in a handful of years, like 10, 15 years, something like that. An old stat I heard one time. So is this new staff and this new offense going to turn around that fast? I, I don't know, and I think it's just a risk thing for me. I would rather take Trevor and Zach and definitely and Tua. Those three guys I feel like I would for sure take over fields. Just safety wise and and peace of mind i i don't want to have to go week in week out and and bank on on the bears i mean it's it's kind of a cop out to say it but at the same time it's it's been true so it's like one of those things i just i gotta see it i gotta see it happen yeah i'm gonna jump back in there and and again a part of this is gonna also be some some gaming here right some game theory of like i don't with my second QB, because I'm taking one of those top 12, um, or right. let's say top 15 at the worst, looking at Aaron Rodgers and above. Yeah, for sure. I, don't, I think everyone should try to yeah, at least. I, I'm, I'm not relying on fields. I don't need fields to be safe. I need fields to be, and again, things that I talked to you about pre-show, I need fields to be what he was in his last five starts, right? So that was week yeah. 8, 9, 11, 14, and 15. Outside those injuries, quarterback 5 in week 8, quarterback 10 in week 9. Week 11 against Baltimore was terrible, quarterback 30. And then weeks 14 and 15 was quarterback 10 again. Uh, and again, a lot of that was off of you know 103 rushing yards, 45 rushing yards, 23 a little bit lower. That was the Baltimore game. And then up to 74 rushing yards, 35 rushing yards. And that, again, if I'm not reaching for Justin Fields, like if somebody wants to take him higher than ADP, cool. But he's also a guy that I see drop below his ADP in a lot of drafts because people do have these beliefs about the Bears. And, you know, there's if you watched the college football playoff, you know, a couple years ago when it was Fields versus Lawrence, when it was him getting absolutely obliterated and then coming back and still leading that team, there were legitimate conversations at one point of is Fields the number one quarterback in that class? So if I'm just shooting for upside in best ball here and it's a guy that other people are overlooking, then I'm, I'm going to go for it um, because I do think the talent is there. It's just like you said, if the Bears and specifically the new coaching staff now can put something around him and give him a chance to win, I'm honestly going to take a swing on Justin Fields before guys that I think other people are higher on, like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Tua, um, just to be, you know, again, a little bit different and try to just swing for the fences with my second quarterback in a single quarterback tournament. Yeah, I. I think for me, I, I would be happy with taking him just because of the rushing upside he ha- does have over these guys in that kind of bottom tier of quarterback two. But I would I would have to take him below his ADP. Like if he falls to me, then I'd be fine with taking him. But like, let's say I've got Patrick Mahomes and Justin Fields. I am praying every week that Patrick Mahomes does not have a down week. Like I, I don't want to rely on Justin Fields unless Justin Fields just goes off. Like. If he's got, if I'm if I'm any bit relying on him, and he and he ends up having 
four or five usable weeks, I'm going to feel like an idiot. And I'm going to feel so bad <laughs> just because if, if that does happen, you're going to go, how did I not see that? Like, that's what I thought. And I still did it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, I should have known better type thing. So he, he's going to have to fall to me for sure. I, I'm not going to reach and I'm probably not going to take him as ADP. So it's just kind of where I'm at with fields, but uh, everybody else. I mean, I like um, that kind of tier of Jameis, Matt Ryan, Baker, Tannehill golf. Uh, Tannehill's probably would be lowest for me just because of his weapons. Um, I would, I actually, I like Jared golf. I mean, I do. I, I might, I mean, really, I'd probably only put him above Tannehill just because I can't, realistically put them even above Baker or Jameis or Matt Ryan, just because of volume that they're probably going to have. The Lions are definitely going to want to run the ball and they're definitely not going to throw it a lot, but Jared Goff, I I've never really disliked him. So he, I mean, he can, he can get the job done and give you a serviceable week. If you need one with a bye week or something like he's not going to, I feel like Jared Goff won't really sink your team. Tannehill could come out in a game with Derek Henry running 38 times and throw the ball 12 times and score you, six points. So he Tannehill, I feel like can sink you more weeks than golf can. And that's kind of why I'd flip him in best ball for me. So I don't know everything else below those kind of young guns, Matt Ryan down. It's pretty solid. I don't think I'd move anybody up into the top 24. Um, one guy I know we didn't mention Deshaun Watson. People would probably move him somewhere up there. So it'd kick somebody out. But I mean, you guys already know how I feel about Deshaun Watson. It's kind of just, don't want to draft him ahead of his ADP. Don't want to draft him at his ADP. Really just don't want to draft him. I, I don't want to deal with it. I, I mean, at this point, it's like drafting a player that's probably going to start on the pup list. Like, you, you've got to get him below ADP, or you have to build a team that can take that hit. I mean, let's say I get a really good quarterback, and I'm punting, and I'm punting, and next thing you know, it's well below ADP, and you're drafting Deshaun Watson in like the ninth or 10th or 11th round of a best ball like yeah, maybe I'll take him if I've got a pretty serviceable quarterback with like a late bye week, let's say. At this point, we know the schedules. So um, I, I might do that just for the upside potential. But uh, I, the key guy, Deshaun Watson, is just, uh, I just, I just don't want to, I just don't want to have to sit there after I draft him and wait for the potential outcome of gone for a season, half the season, six games, four games, no games. I don't know. So mm-hmm. it, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, and he's going off the board right now, at least on underdog as quarterback twenty two. So for me, yeah. if if I'm gonna do that, or if he's gonna fall below that to like twenty three, twenty four, I may pull the trigger on that. But then I'm also gonna be looking at having three QBs right. because I want to pick up somebody you else. To. You have to just in case he's out for the year, right? Yeah, you have to. Then, that's not always a build that I like. I'm okay risking it with two quarterbacks because, again, when you're talking about a hundreds of thousands of people field, especially if you're talking like the Best Ball Mania 3 where there's $2 million to first place, yeah, having Deshaun Watson, if he comes back and plays and plays well in the last part of the year, is probably going to be on some rosters in that final. <laughs> I don't think 100%. there's any doubt about it. But to get there, you've got to make sure you get one of those top 12 that's consistent yep. and then throw in one of these guys that are outside my top 24. So Right. I was going to say, if, you, if you're looking at getting like yeah. Mac Jones as your QB2 and then you can get Deshaun Watson, I'm all for it. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm – 
higher on you know Mitch Trubisky this year not a huge fan of Kenny Pickett and there are weapons there in Pittsburgh that I don't think Trubisky had in Chicago he went to Buffalo we saw what that offense can do learned a lot like you mentioned Mac Jones is there I've got Daniel Jones in this group I am probably a little bit higher on him than others but I just I couldn't justify putting him above golf Tannehill Baker Jameis Matt Ryan I, I just don't see it this year Late, lower down, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Marcus Mariota. Again, if I'm going to go to a three QB build, and again, I like Terry McLaurin. So every now and then, if I am going to take a shot on Deshaun Watson, I will have Carson Wentz or maybe Davis Mills with Brandon Cook stacked together. I don't mind that if those are my guys on you know a three QB build, which again, right. I don't like because I'd rather load up at running back wide receiver as opposed to having three QBs. Yeah, I mean, if you obviously they're outside the top, QB QB one and QB two, so you're taking them as a QB three. I hope um, you just got to look at the trade offs of taking one of these guys as a QB three versus is there a guy like this would be like a, a range where you might be drafting like a like a Naheem Hines that we mentioned earlier, or like a McKissick or one of these guys that might be able to to help. Like how many weeks is a third quarterback going to help you? Maybe one, maybe. Mm-hmm. How yeah. many times is a guy in this range going to help you and sneak into a flex spot? Maybe, maybe three, three, four times. So you got, you really got to look at your team build and and figure out the trade offs of do I take a QB? How strong are my other two? Did I draft strong versus could I use a guy that could be a potential flex and maybe get me like a random 15 point week twice in a season? Like that, that's going to win you a matchup. Or it's gonna, it's just gonna boost those points if you guys play in like a total points type of best ball, which a lot of people are starting to do now. Um, it, it's just the trade offs. You got, you got to keep your eye out. You got to stay focused. You gotta, you gotta know how you're building your team, especially in best ball. You need to know your strengths, your weaknesses, where you need pick me ups, things like that. So don't waste wa- roster spots on a guy like Davis Mills if you draft Justin Herbert and Matt Ryan, like. You're not going to use. You're not going to use them. You're just not. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are stop gaps to get you to when a guy like Deshaun Watson is back, or right. if you think one of these rookies is going to take over a starting job, you may want to have three quarterbacks, and then you trust that Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter or someone like that is going to take over, and your roster is going to be different than others because those two guys go undrafted in plenty of best ball drafts because these drafts are only like eighteen rounds, so you're not quite getting that deep. So that's when they're really just stopgap through that middle part of the year to get you to. The end when you're in the finals and trying to be different with Deshaun Watson or with a rookie that has a great end of the year, something along those lines. So um, I do have a couple questions to put you on the spot here. So let's say we're drafting best ball here. Let's look at QB ones and QB twos and considering what you're giving up by drafting these guys, right? So if you're going Josh Allen early, you're passing on one of these top running backs, one of these top wide receivers, and then also looking back at kind of some of the quarterbacks, what would be your favorite combination of quarterbacks in a best ball draft if you can make that work? Well, I'll probably tell you right now and just be honest with you, if I'm in a best ball draft, I'm not going to own one of the top four quarterbacks, maybe a a top five guy falls a few spots and I snag him in like a third or fourth, probably fourth round. If a top six guy falls to me in the fourth round, I'm probably going to have to take him. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen a lot, even in one QB leagues. Um, but 
I, I would love to probably stack a guy like, you know, maybe you get Hurts late. Sometimes you might get in a draft where people are high on Hurts like I am, but like the Hurts, Wilson, Burrow range, maybe even Trey Lance and, and stack them with a guy like, like a Rogers or a Fields or Cousins, guys that typically drop, uh, but can give you really good. I mean, Kirk Cousins backdoors top 12 quarterback finishes every single year, it seems like. So he obviously has good serviceable weeks. Like Kirk Cousins, a guy that's not going to sink you. Um, if you draft a guy like Wilson or Lance uh, or even like a Brady who can, I mean, Brady can have bad games because he's just old and maybe he doesn't have it that week. Trey Lance is young, so he's going to have bad games. Russell Wilson, we've seen have bad games. Um, Kirk Cousins is a guy that's not going to sink you. And Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to either. And maybe Justin Fields won if he can run more this year. So uh, I'm really looking to pair a middle tier QB one with one of those QBs that I like, that's not going to sink me. So like the Cousins, Rogers, Fields range, uh, maybe even like a Tua or Matt Ryan, who I know is going to have either the weapons or the volume in Matt Ryan's case to just not absolutely destroy my week with two bad quarterback finishes. So some some sort of strategy along those lines, some quarterbacks in, in those those range. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And you're, you know, balancing some some risk, some upside with a little bit of stability as well. I yeah. think my favorite, because I have Kyler as my QB one and his ADP is QB five, he's being drafted behind Allen, Herbert, Jackson, and Mahomes. That's easily my favorite. Like I don't I don't mind at all. Um yeah. because I've seen Al, uh, Murray actually drop a decent bit in the two best balls I'd done. He dropped I think I actually took him and you were proud of me. Um, yes, he fell to like that fifth round, I think it was. So I was like Got to do it, or, yeah. or fourth round, whatever it was. It's like I have, to, I have to. I yeah. cannot pass I'm, this up. I'm perfectly fine waiting on Kyler as opposed to, like you said, paying up for a Herbert, an Allen, yeah. Jackson. I think I've I've gone for Allen and reached a little bit, but that's when I've got Stephon Diggs as you know back end of um, round one as my yeah. wide receiver. I may pull the trigger on an Allen to have that stack right. in, in yeah, a draft, team dependent, but, yeah. And then, so then my favorite guys to stack, and I, one of these is new to this, but Matt Ryan is somebody that I'm just, I'm much higher on. I think he could, he could have some really good games. Again, I don't, I think he does, he is consistent, but I think there's a possibility for him to have games where they're up and just handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor and he gives you nothing. But I do also think he's got some games where he could have some long plays. Michael Pittman can make plays. Naheem Hines out of the backfield can as well. That I I really like that with Kyler just upside. He's going to get Hopkins back near the end of the year. I think that's just going to help him as we've talked about some of his struggles late in the year that could that could keep that cliff from occurring like we've seen in the past couple of years, whether it's just performance or injury. Um, and then I'm also going to add in Baker Mayfield to that now, because again, you've got just a stud at wide receiver in DJ Moore, and then you've got running backs out of the backfield, particularly obviously CMC who can catch passes and make plays where Baker doesn't really have to do that much work, but get all of the numbers in fantasy football. So yeah. those are a couple of guys that I like pairing with Kyler. You know, my love for Trey Lance, he's going late enough in drafts that it's easy to pick him up. Um, but he's not a guy that I'm really stacking either because I think most of his bow- value is going to be on the ground. Um, so with that, what is a stack in best ball? Give me one that's just studs you love, and then give me one that is a little sneakier with quarterback and a pass catcher is the way I'm going to phrase it because mine is going to be a little bit different. 
I've got my sneaky one easy, but I'll go with my big one first. I, I feel like, and you're probably going to like this. Um, I could, okay, secondary choice, Patrick Mahomes and Juju. I'm not as strong as about that one because I don't feel like Juju can have those enormous, easy, weak winning games, but I do like that. I keep that one on the back burner if I happen to get Mahomes. Like, okay, I am going to draft Juju in this draft 100%. Um, Justin Herbert and Mike Williams, I feel like, is going to just love it be absolutely ballistic again um just because i think justin herbert's going to be an absolute touchdown machine again i mean yeah. and, and he's going to be he's mike williams will probably take over as his number one target maybe not in a sense of actual targets because Kenyon allen loves to eat up those short ones but favorite wise like uh like uh i mean it's easy to say rogers and adams just because of that connection but i, I feel like we're going to see a lot more a lot better connection with Mike Williams this year. Chemistry's better. He's got that good contract. I feel like they're just going to be firing on all cylinders. Um, but then speaking of Rogers, a little sneaky one that you can get late on both of them. I, I would love, to, I would be totally fine with having Rogers and Alan Lazard as mm-hmm. like a, as like a QB two slash wide receiver five, four, five, depending on what flexes you're looking at. I would be totally fine with that. I mean, he's going to throw the ball to someone. Alan Lazard has got the most chemistry. He's the most experienced wide receiver, apart from Randall Cobb. But, I mean, is Randall Cobb going to do anything? No. Just in a fantasy relevance-wise, he's going to be the most experienced player and probably the most targeted player on that offense. Um, I mean, they missed out on Julio. What, are they going to get OBJ or Will Fuller? I don't know. But the Rodgers Lazard stack, I feel like is going to be proven very valuable. So keep your eye on that. You can get both late, sneak them on your roster. Nobody's even going to think about it. Um, next thing you know, there's going to be, I, I bet there's five weeks. May, okay. Let me temper a little bit. Okay. Let me, that was my Packers bias about to start talking. Maybe three, three, possibly four weeks where Lazard might double up on touchdowns and, and just, and just win you a week with Rodgers and Lazard connection. So Keep an eye on it. Just saying. Yeah, no, I'm, I I like that one. I, I've got plenty of that one. Like you said, just because of cost. I mean, Lazard on underdog right now is going off at wide receiver 39. And if you're yeah. talking about the guy that potentially is going to be the number one target for a back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers, even though yeah, I yes, think that, please. that offense plays slow, and I think they may play even slower without Devontae Adams there, but it's it's still Aaron Rodgers and it's his number one weapon. So I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, Lazard will catch the most touchdowns of the pass catchers. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt yeah. in my mind, unless Christian I, Watson is just the next Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase, which I don't think he is. Yeah, so. I don't think so either. But, uh, and to add that sneaky Robert, Bob Tanyan is, uh, is a nice piece that you can, yeah. you can throw a dart on. Yeah. If you want, if you want red zone three stuff, tight end three, if you want red zone stuff where, you, you're going to get the value at tight end and a guy late and unclear who exactly, even though we both think and kind of know it's Lazard, there's right. there's opportunity there. So if if I'm drafting Tunyon, I will say I, I, I want I would rather have two guys that I personally rank ahead of him on my team and get Tunyon yeah. as my third tight end. Then yeah. I would be fine. Then I'd be like, OK, let's go. This is going to be this is a good situation. Yeah, that's fair. So I think my favorite stack of the top guys is is Diggs and Allen. Uh, I just think Diggs is going to be a target yeah. monster. I think he's going to get red zone targets. Um, I, I just I love that combination. There's there's no way around it. Even if I don't have Allen as my top guy, and then so my I 
I like Lawrence. I like Wilson. It's hard to pick out who those guys are really going to throw to, and it's probably going to be more spread out than it is going to be just to one player. You can get guys later, similar to kind of Rodgers and Lazard, so I don't mind stacking with those two as my QB2, but my real sneaky one is actually Matt Ryan and Naheem Hines. That's That's one that is just so affordable and let's say on the off chance that late in the season when we're talking playoffs weeks 15 16 17 and they're kind of throttling back jonathan taylor and maybe not even running the ball as much but matt ryan is dumping the ball off to naheem hines five six seven times um that's one that i have pretty quickly um and in a lot of leagues of just that all day long. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was going to mention this. If you can, it could be a tough question unless he really takes some time to think about it. But think about a quarterback that's that was kind of on a new team. He's got one of the best running backs in the league. He's got one of the best wide receivers in the league, and then just had a an absolutely phenomenal fantasy season, seemingly out of the blue when nobody's talking about him. If, if there's a quarterback on your mind that, when I say that, who would you think I'm talking about? Man, so um, top top RB in the league, top wide receiver in the league, young, both young, young at the time. Young quarterback or young? No, young, young weapons, younger weapons. Plays in the AFC. Happened in 2020. Man, I do not know where you are yeah, going. With this, I figured it, it'd be tough to kind of pull out of thin air, but I think Matt Ryan is sneakily about to have a 2020. Ryan Tannehill season. Ryan Tannehill had 343 fantasy points, 21 points per game. I mean, he went absolutely off with, and Derrick Henry was going off, and A.J. Brown was going off. I think with Jonathan Taylor obviously being the best running back in the league, much like Derrick Henry was that year, and Michael Pittman about to explode, that's right about when we saw A.J. Brown explode onto the scene. I mean, is it not? A couple years back, uh, he stayed healthy. He was dominant. I could easily, like, okay, Tannehill's stats were 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. I can see Matt Ryan protecting the ball. He's older. He's going to be more worried about that. And I could see him absolutely just lighting it up. Like you said, he'll have a few dump-off touchdowns. I mean, Taylor and Naheem Hines can both catch and score out of the backfield. So I think we we could really see a nice, sneaky... I mean, nobody expected that from Tannehill. He was in the same place as Ryan, well outside of the top 12. I could see it happening. I'm just throwing that out. I'm just laying the seed. So don't be surprised if Matt Ryan has a has a sneaky, really good finish this year. I love it. I he love could it. win leagues. Yeah, I I think so. And especially in best ball, even if you got one of those guys that's higher up, I think Matt Ryan's going to get into your lineup a good bit. So yeah. uh, Taylor, let's uh let's get this thing wrapped up. Let's uh go hot takes here, and then we'll kind of lay out the rest of the shows moving forward. I'm just going to go straight into it, piggybacking Matt Ryan top 12 finish quarterback this year. Best ball. Whoa. Drop the mic. Whoa. Let's get it. Very good. Ryan Tannehill year. Don't say I didn't warn you. I love it. I'm, I'm, I've got a, so much exposure. Matt Ryan, Naheem Hines. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. So I'm going to get actually really specific on mine um, because oh. it's one that I also don't mind doing when it comes to drafting. So I believe... If you have a team in best ball this year, 
with Brady, right. Carr, Stafford, Cousins, or Rodgers right. as your QB1, and Justin Fields is your QB2, right. Justin Fields is going to enter your lineup more weeks than your QB1. Ooh. So I'm not saying he's going to have more total points. I'm not saying he is the better quarterback, but I think the spike weeks for Justin Fields are going to get you higher more often than those other quarterbacks. I think his Stafford? lows I think his lows can be much lower, but I think his spikes with his rushing ability with Komet, who we've talked about on other shows, with Mooney, and again, the rushing ability, I don't think they're going to rely on David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert to keep them in games. Justin Fields is going to have to do any do something. He will enter your lineup more than those about five quarterbacks there from that stretch. QB 11 down to QB 15. Okay, here you go. Last question. Yes. Does Justin Fields have more games, fantasy finish, under 10 points or over 16 points? Oh, over. And it's not close. Hmm. I would, okay. I would have, I would have let you push to. 18 I was thinking eighteen, but I didn't want to. I still would have taken the over if you. Okay, had let's go eighteen with, then. Let's go eighteen, and I was I'm thinking taking, eighteen, but I wanted to go a little light. I'm taking the over at eighteen. Oof. If you, if you were to push it to eighteen and a half, I might balk on that one. What are we thinking? Like, I mean, that's got to be like five over eighteen and four under. Then, right? It's, it's got to be close. The number was under what? Ten. Ten fantasy points. He averaged no, eleven last year. No chance. There might be. Okay. There might be All two. Right. I'll give you two. two. Okay, write that down. Write I, that I down. think you could see. I think you I could think see some. Pre- I think that's a good tweet. I think you could see good, some twelve thirteen. Yeah, I could see some twelve thirteen. Yeah, I think he's going to get probably five or six right in that middle. Under under ten. Yeah, I think it's going to be really close. I think under it'll ten be close. is two over eighteen. I'll yep. go four. Yep. I'm I'm all for it. So check our Twitter for that poll. They're, they're the hot takes for today. Um, coming up next, we are going to dive into my running back rankings for best ball. That one's going to be fun as well. And then wide receivers will follow, tight ends. And then to wrap it all up, like we did with Dynasty, however, this one I'm going to make a little bit more interesting. Uh, instead of a mock, we are going to enter $25 entry into Best Ball Mania 3. Taylor, myself, and Chris will be drafting a team live that we will be entering, yep. and we will uh, track throughout the year, see where that team stacks up. 30 minute or 30 second clock so we're gonna have to decide really quickly and all try to agree on who's on the board what our build is going to be so it's it's going to be a scramble it's going to be a chaotic show but i think it'll be fun taylor anything you want to leave the people with uh don't draft justin fields i don't know i'm just kidding that's it not a, no i not got an adp no not i'm just ADP. kidding we yeah, don't not hate an ADP. we we hate yeah ADP. we hate adps yep there it is all right taylor it's been real we'll uh Get another one out this week with running backs, and then Chris should be back next week to wrap it all up with wide receivers, tight ends, before we go hardcore into Best Ball Mania 3. Oh, yeah. Love hardcore. All right. I'll see you guys. I'm out. On that note, I'm out. Me too. I'm going to the bathroom. All right. You out? Yeah, see you. All right. Later, man. Good, good pod.